All right. The first reading for today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 13, which says, these are the words of St. Paul, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And then the second reading, this is the gospel reading from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. So today, is Trinity Sunday. As I mentioned, it's the first day of what we call ordinary time in the church calendar. And ordinary time spans from Pentecost to Advent, which is when we start the whole cycle over again. And it's this cycle of remembrance and of celebration. And ordinary time is always kicked off by this day dedicated to the Trinity, which is this idea that God has sort of three identities or personas or parts of God's self that are connected to one another and that are in relationship with one another. And that these identities manifest in different ways, but they are parts of one whole. And so clergy folk often speak of, often call it the triune God. The creator, which is often called the father in churches that prefer to think of the divine in masculine terms. Then the Christ, a.k.a. the son or the child. (laughs) Amanda says it doesn't feel like ordinary times. No, it doesn't. Can we laugh about that a little, like in a little cringy way? Mm, You're right. Uh, Okay, so then the, the son or the child and then the spirit which is often conceptualized as feminine or as a mother. And today we celebrate these three identities of God or ways to understand the divine and connect with the divine. And we celebrate the creative identity of God that formed worlds and galaxies and people and the human identity of God that incarnated here on this earth in solidarity with human, with human beings, in belovedness with human beings, and the breath of God or the movement and present of, presence of God that is always with and among us. And these three identities of God are thought to be in a movement-filled relationship together, a divine dance, as many theologians have described it. Now, in our passage from Mark 28, which is kind of an abbreviated account of the resurrection and the events that followed, Mark 
Mark's account is. All right, the women, uh, they find the tomb empty and some folks go out and they spread the word. And then at some later point, so Jesus directs them to convene at a later point in Galilee, where Jesus tells the remaining 11 disciples, um, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So two quick things that I want to point out about this. The first is that Jesus gives them this very Trinitarian blessing and instruction. Baptize them in the name of the Creator and of the Son himself and of the Holy Spirit, which recall in other accounts of this, this similar time post-resurrection, um, there's an there's a account of Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit onto them. Like for instance, in John 20, which I'm always talking about in John 20, aren't I? Um, so Jesus says, okay, baptize them. Baptize them and immerse them and soak them. Teach them the way of the Creator, Son, and Spirit, which is that relational, interpersonal, sharing, giving, moving dance of community. That is the name and the way that we are invited into by Christ. Second thing I want to point out. What's everything that Jesus commanded them? If we think back through just the previous verses and the previous scriptures, we think back through the stories when Jesus says, the greatest command is love. Love your neighbor as yourself. People will know you're my followers because of your love for one another. Jesus also says, look, Blessing, okay, remember the Beatitudes. Blessing and preference are given to the poor and the persecuted. Jesus says in, in earlier scriptures, he, he's reminding them of his commands, right? He says, if anyone asks for your cloak, give them your tunic too. If anyone asks you to go a mile with them, go an extra mile with them. Okay, now in the passage from 2 Corinthians that I read, St. Paul is sort of signing off on this letter and he gives the Corinthian community some instructions that to our ears in this moment in, the, in time could sound very glib and even kind of spiritual bypassy. He says, put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And then he also gives the church this very Trinitarian blessing. He says, the grace of Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And he says this, all right? He says this almost as if it's an easy thing. Like, here we are in our time, we are witnessing a deeply divided society that we live in. We are witnessing a deeply pained society. The hurt that's here because of white supremacy and racism and patriarchy and trauma and for centuries. And when I hear this from him, 
from St. Paul, I honestly feel a bit indignant. Like, like I kind of want to cross my arms and be like, bruh, you don't know what you're asking for us, you, of us. You don't know. Oh, no. Am I there? Okay. You told me that my wireless connection was acting up. Can somebody give me a comment and let me know I'm all good? I'll proceed. So I get a bit indignant when I hear this from St. Paul, like, you don't know what we're living through. You have no idea, man. You, <laughs> you are asking the impossible. You are asking a very dissonant people with very dissonant experiences and ideas to listen to one another and agree with one another and be at peace with one another. Because truly, you guys, the division and the lack of listening and the refusal of so many to hear their brothers and sisters feels at times, at least to me, impossible to overcome. And yet, St. Paul chooses to end his letter to the Corinthians in this way. So either he is very optimistic and naive or he deeply knows what's up. He deeply knows how humans do. And he knows that the Corinthian church, like the U.S. church today, here and now, needs this constant reminder. Live it. Live in peace. So I mentioned that that kind of sounds like spiritual bypassing to my ears. And that's because I'm hearing... A lot of white people say things like, we don't see color, just accept everybody, just love everybody, love and light, etc. And they say this, and I think they really mean that they want everybody to be okay. But in saying it, I think they, we, often reveal that we're unwilling to do the actual work that it takes to get our society to that ideal, which is hard and messy. It is structural and political justice, healing work. And as we have seen for the last 50 years, being nice about it has not worked. So when we do this, when we use words like just be at peace with one another, like St. Paul said to, but... We are unwilling to do the real work, the real internal messy work. We are doing spiritual bypassing. And my friends, when we do spiritual bypassing, the spirit passes us by. Because the Holy Spirit knows when we are ready to become useful tools in her work. She knows when we are ready to participate in her dance and in her forward movement of change. So, hear me now. Yes, I preach peace and love. I preach acceptance and inclusion of everybody. Yes, I preach tolerance of one another's differences. I preach the divine light of God inside every single human being. But, and, 
I also preach a spiritual work ethic. And it is the same work ethic I believe that Christ preached when he said in Luke 9, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Follow me into the work of resurrection. some time this week reading the book Dancing with God Womanist Reflections on the Trinity by Dr. Karen Baker Fletcher. Dr. Baker Fletcher teaches up the road in Dallas at Perkins Theological Seminary. She is a black woman womanist theologian. Uh, she says this, and I want to hear. I want y'all to hear this whole passage from from her. She says, "The dance of the Trinity is a dance of the Spirit. The word dance in reference to God is a metaphor, a type of symbol. It refers to the dynamic, ongoing movement of God in creation as God continuously." creates and recreates, making all things new. She says, God, who is a spirit, moves creation to literally and metaphorically dance. Even, I'm still quoting her, okay? Even the dense subquantum particles of energy that make up rocks, which appear to be static, are dynamically moving in relation to one another. God... Jesus and his followers have often said is, quote, like the wind. One cannot see the wind, but one experiences its movement in the world. Similarly, one cannot see God, but one experiences God's movement in the universe. End quote. Now, Dr. Baker Fletcher also quotes W.E.B. Du Bois, who says, Our spiritual striving makes us human. And she says, Dr. Baker Fletcher says, at the center of such spiritual striving, I'm quoting again here, is an agape form of love that works toward the well-being of all. Now she says that spiritual striving, okay, that work, is necessary for us as we build our theology, which means our thoughts about God. And it is, quote, the dance of life encouraged by the dance of the spirit. Spiritual striving is the dance of life. So just as the Trinity is always in relationship, moving, dancing, creating, working constantly toward the good of all, so do we participate in that movement and in that dance by doing our spiritual work, our spiritual striving, and by honing our spiritual work ethic, by exercising our love and justice muscles. Dr. Baker Fletcher writes, and this is beautiful, listen. She writes that the dance of the spirit, quote, 
slices the stultifying air of oppression to generate survival, freedom, and abundant life. It defies the gravity of despair, she says. It manifests as courage through the power of encouraging spirit, end quote. Digest that for a minute. It defies the gravity of despair. Back to Jesus and St. Paul. Jesus says, Go make love's disciples of people everywhere and teach them the divine dance. Teach them the holy movement. Teach them to do the creative, energetic, spiritual work of love. To do the spiritual striving that makes them human. And reflects the work of the Trinitarian God, which embodies the greatest commandment given to us by Christ. To love one another. And St. Paul says... This is my interpretation, okay? St. Paul says, do whatever it takes to get your society to where people live in peace with one another. And I interpret Paul here as saying, look, don't stop striving until things are in good and proper order and peaceful and loving order. Do what it takes, says St. Paul. This is your spiritual work. Become, whatever the cost, become peaceful. This is a work ethic that reflects and amplifies the work of the Spirit of God, which never stops and never gives up and never settles for false peace and that accepts and loves us as we are by always calling us forward into a more perfect peace. So yes, we preach peace and love around here. Yeah, we do. But we don't preach lazy love. We don't preach lazy love that says, for instance, oh, I posted a black square on my Instagram feed this week, so now I'm an anti-racist. No, we preach love that backs that black square up with work. We preach love that works with authenticity and humility and grit that donates to anti-racist organizations and reads books and does self-reflection and takes courses and stands against racism in our families and votes in solidarity with the oppressed and writes letters to authorities and does all this work. We preach love that digs in for the long haul with passion and persistence. We preach love that sees a systemic problem and asks, what role do I have to play here? That's just an example. We don't preach lazy love. This is part of our spiritual striving that makes us human. It's the dance and work that validates our humanity and reflects our divinity and affirms our connectedness to every human being, every other God-breathing human being on this earth. And I'm so proud. I am so stinking proud because I know 
from your messages and your conversations with me and your social media posts. And I know that so many of you, that so many of you are doing this spiritual striving. Look, some of us are newly awake to it, to this work. And some of us were born to this work and couldn't ignore or forget it if we tried. And I thank you for that. And I validate that, that it often feels overwhelming and endless. But I encourage you because you have the spirit supporting you and shoring you up in your weaknesses and as pastor fred called it said on tuesday he said the spirit of advocacy helps us in our advocacy so my friends thank you and don't stop keep it up if you get too tired take a rest if you make a mistake apologize and keep dancing because the spirit's work in you is never ever canceled And I encourage you also, because you exist here in Trinity, Trinitarian community too. You have us at your back. You have all of us who are listening and learning together and making mistakes and apologizing and forgiving one another and growing, creating and dancing together. And sometimes we're literally dancing together, although lately we're only metaphorically dancing together. But I encourage you, all right, I encourage you that when you get bogged down and discouraged or overwhelmed, reach out to somebody, to one of us here on this path of unlazy love with you and with us. We will shore you up as best we can and we will pour, yes, love and light into you. But we also won't let you off the hook for your work. Spiritual striving is the dance of life. And that dance reflects the movement and the change making that is part of the Trinitarian character of God. And when we stop striving, we stop being alive. When we stop dancing, we halt our connection to the life of God. We don't preach lazy love around here. So, to end here's my here's my prayer may we each find space for rest and reflection during this time may we each find passion and persistence to do meaningful work the work to which god calls us may we each Find our own connection to justice work that we can participate in for the long haul alongside the Spirit. And may we cultivate in ourselves and in our community that unlazy love. Amen.
Amen. Thank you all for listening. And thank you all for participating in Unlazy Love. I'm sending you love and I'm tossing it off to Matthew for some liturgy. So, peace and love and light. <laughs>